Good morning. We're once again going to be discussing and thinking about the mission that God has given to us, and this time looking at the story of uh, Zacchaeus. If you've not studied this in a while, it's a very interesting study, and I've really enjoyed it so far uh, in, in my time looking at it, even just listening to Sean say, uh, read it, it opened up all kinds of new things, so I need to just kind of zone in on the things that I'm, I've got planned to say and not uh, branch off into other stuff, but there's a lot in this story, uh, and, and what we've been doing and what we're going to continue to do next week is thinking about the fact that our mission is people. Uh, our mission is not just to come together in a church building and, and sing and pray and then leave and go about our lives. Our mission is people. Uh, and last week we looked at Jesus talking to the Samaritan woman. We saw that he was willing to cross the artificial boundaries that had been in place. And he wanted to speak to her uh, right where she was about deep and meaningful spiritual truths uh, that she needed to hear. And that's an example for us. And as we come into uh, Luke 19, we're going to see another example of Jesus as he is uh, showing us his love and care for people, his mission. And, and it was so clearly stated there at the very end, the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. That was his mission on the earth. Uh, and that is our mission as his followers, as his people, those who have been lost and now uh, received salvation and were saved. We have the same mission as Jesus to seek and to save that which was lost. And so our story is going to hopefully help us to center our minds on that one true mission that God's given to us. The story begins in the town of Jericho. You probably know Jericho in the Old Testament, uh, and, and the kids probably even know Jericho, right? They marched seven times around. That's the way the song goes, and then the walls fell. Uh, it was rebuilt during the time of Ahab, uh, and it, it was a city not too far away from Jerusalem. And so Jesus was coming into this city, and it would have been a bustling city, lots of people there being a kind of a suburb of Jerusalem. Uh, and as he was going through Jericho, it tells us there was a man whose name was Zacchaeus. And Zacchaeus is a chief tax collector who is wealthy. Now, if you've been studying the Bible long, you know tax collectors are not good. Uh, you know, they're not just known as bad people, but they're considered to be traitors. Uh, they have hidden themselves behind Roman guards, and they have essentially stolen money from the people uh, taking more than what the Romans would ask them to take so that they could have their own wealth and their own success. And so basically, they were legal thieves. And so if you were a Jew who lived in Jerusalem, Judah, uh, any, of those, any of the regions of the Jews, you looked at tax collectors and you thought, this guy is a bad guy. This is a guy who has no morality, no sense of morals about him. He has no shame in the evils that he is regularly involved in. 
But notice Zacchaeus wasn't just a tax collector. He was a chief tax collector. And it says he's wealthy, which kind of reveals that maybe something else has gone on. But him being a chief tax collector makes him public enemy number one, right? He's not just a tax collector, but he's the chief of all the tax collectors. And so Zacchaeus would have been a man who, as he walked throughout the city of Jericho, would have been despised. Nobody would look at him. Nobody would want to talk to him. If they did look at him or talk to him, it was to curse him or to mock him or to malign him or to throw things at him. Nobody liked the tax collectors and they did not want to be near him. Imagine Zacchaeus is walking through those streets, maybe got his head down, going wherever he needs to go. Maybe he's in the marketplace, who knows where. And as he's there, all of a sudden, there's this loud rumbling of people, and there's, there's loud, there's, there's noise from all the, the people that are coming, and they, there's word passing around to all the people around him, Jesus is coming, Jesus of Nazareth is coming, Jesus is coming, the miracle worker, right? The guy who uh, is, is able to heal and who is able even to raise the dead. He's coming, he's coming, get ready. And Zacchaeus is curious about this Jesus. He's probably heard about him. He's heard maybe even rumblings that he could be the Messiah. But there's a problem. He's short. (laughs) He's not that tall. Uh, So his ability to see Jesus is hindered by his own physical limitations. But there's also a problem. I mean, that wouldn't be so much of a problem if you were well-known and if you were loved. You could just ask people and they would put you up near the front, probably near where the kids were, uh, and, and that would be fine. But being a tax collector, who's ever going to let him in? Nobody. Nobody wants him anywhere near them. And so he's kind of pushed to the back, and there's no hope of him seeing Jesus. But he really, really, really wants to see Jesus. And so he does what no one would do. (laughs) He climbs a tree. He climbs a, a sycamore tree, it says, so that he could get up high enough to see Jesus. Now, I kind of uh, just imagine that in your mind, a full-grown adult climbing a tree, and you kind of get the sense that this is not really a dignified thing. I mean, they, they didn't have pants like we did either, so that was kind of exposing you in some ways. It's not really a thing that people would do back then. If kids did it, you know, they, that, that'd be fine, but a full-grown adult does not do that. So maybe he's up in the tree with the kids, I don't know. But that would just be an undignified thing for him to climb up in this tree, but that's his only way. And he desperately wants to see Jesus as he's passing through. And this is when something that's remarkable happens. Jesus starts coming, and he heads directly toward Zacchaeus' tree. He walks right up to the tree, and he calls Zacchaeus by name. He says, Zacchaeus, hurry and come down, for I must stay at your house today. Jesus wants to spend time with Zacchaeus? 
Nobody wants to spend time with Zacchaeus. Nobody talks to Zacchaeus. Nobody comes near Zacchaeus. Nobody likes Zacchaeus. And yet Jesus walks right up to the tree where he's climbed and he says, come down, I'm staying at your house today. He doesn't wait for Zacchaeus to get his life together and to be a a man who is of renown, a man who's loved by everyone. and, And he doesn't wait for him to be the ideal candidate for him to stay at Zacchaeus's house so that everybody would understand that Jesus is the best of the best, that he could stay at the best house in the, all the land. Well, Zacchaeus was wealthy, but he wasn't known for being good. And, and Jesus doesn't wait for him to figure things out. He goes right up to the tree, and he invites himself to Zacchaeus' house. That's cool, isn't it? I mean, he doesn't say, hey, Zacchaeus, can I stay at your house? He says, Zacchaeus, come down, I'm staying at your house. Jesus invites himself in. Well, as you look at this interaction, you see Jesus notice it's not like the the Samaritan woman. There's not this long, drawn-out conversation, this back and forth, but there's a lot to learn in this simple statement from Jesus that this is the heart of his mission. This is the heart of our mission as well. Jesus was looking for someone who was a sincere seeker. It's not enough to be sincere. Okay, I know plenty of people who are sincere in the things that they believe. They have convictions. They, they believe things wholeheartedly, uh, sincerely, but they're not really seeking. You know, they don't really desire to know what's true. They just they want to feel comfortable in what they know. And then there are those who seek, but they're not that sincere. You know, they're constantly looking for things, to, new things, and, and, and wanting to learn as much as they can, but they're not really sincere about adopting the truth whenever it hurts them. But Jesus looks at Zacchaeus and he sees a sincere seeker, and he offers him grace. He offers him fellowship, even though Zacchaeus is broken. Zacchaeus is not fixed. He hasn't put his life together. He hasn't righted all the wrongs yet uh, or done everything right that, that he should be doing. He's, he's not left his tax collector uh, position. And yet Jesus looks at him and says, I'm coming to your house today. He offers himself into the life of Zacchaeus, a broken man. See, this is, our, this is our mission, to offer ourselves into the lives of the broken people who are all around us. That's our mission. That's what we're here for. We're not here to just make house. We're not here to pursue the American dream. We're not here to, to soak up and enjoy all that this life has to offer and seize the day for ourselves. We're here to enter into the lives of broken people around us. That's Jesus' mission. And because he was faithful to his mission, we see Zacchaeus is completely transformed. The crowd around Zacchaeus and Jesus, they start murmuring. They say, oh, he's going to stay at the house of a sinful man. 
But notice something profound happens with Zacchaeus. All of a sudden he says, I've, I, I, I'll give half of my goods to the, give to the poor. I'll give half of them. And, and if I've wronged anybody, I'm going to pay them back fourfold. See, Zacchaeus is so excited, so joyful at the notion that Jesus would be willing to accept him whenever everyone else around him has rejected him, that he is just totally willing to submit his life to Christ. That's a sincere seeker. And that's who he is. He is repentant. Notice in this, repentance is more than words. He puts his money where his mouth is. He says, okay, I'm, I'm giving it. You know, I'm all in. Uh, he's wealthy right now. If he, gives back half of, if he gives half of what he owns to the poor and he gives uh, fourfold what he's done wrong, he could be broke at the end of all that. That's a lot of money probably that he's going to have to give back and give away. And you see in this, he doesn't care about money. He's, he's experienced it. He's had it. He knows it does not satisfy. Just like that Samaritan woman that we talked about last week who had had five husbands and the one she was with now is not her husband. She knew there's no satisfaction in the relationships that she had been pursuing. There's no, no man who can fill the place of God. And so she's ready to have what Jesus is offering. He, Zacchaeus, is also ready to have what Jesus is offering. And this is what we should understand about that. Whenever we choose Jesus, we're letting him be our treasure. We're letting him be our riches. We're letting him be everything to us. All of the other stuff, it just does not matter. It doesn't matter. We're pursuing it. As though it matters so many times. I know I myself have pursued it as though it matters. And it does not matter. It's not that valuable. What Jesus offers is so much better. And so when we choose Jesus, we have to let him be our riches. We have to let him be our treasure. We have to let him be everything to us. Let him matter to us more than whatever it is that we're filling our time with. For Zacchaeus, that would have been money. Money was his life. Every day he woke up and he took people's money. And he made money. And he held on to money and he organized and worked with people who took money and made him money. And that was his life. And he says, I'm done with it. I want you. He might still do his job. It doesn't say that he left his job, but he's not doing it for money. He says, I'm done with the money. I want Jesus. Now, there's some very important lessons for us as we look at this. Uh, notice Jesus' response to him. Today, salvation has come to this house since he also is a son of Abraham. Notice Jesus points and says, you're a son of Abraham. You're showing and demonstrating your complete and utter faith and trust in God to leave your city to leave where you're comfortable and to go to a land that you do not know and wait for God to give you the promises that he's made you. That's exactly what Jesus is saying Zacchaeus has done and that's exactly what we all must do. And then he says salvation has come to your house because you have done that. You in faith have left 
your riches and you pursue the riches that are in God and in Christ. And that's exactly what we see that we're supposed to do. So there's a number of missions, a number of lessons here in this about our mission. So we're going to kind of go through this and talk about a big picture understanding of this whole story. Last week, I think I kept you for 45 minutes. It's going to be a little shorter. Uh, so that's good. I, I try not to have a number of 45-minute sermons. Uh, here we see the first lesson for our mission is that Zacchaeus was able to see beyond the crowd. Okay, And that's a very interesting idea. If you just take some time to kind of marinate on that a little bit. He was able to see beyond the crowd. I think that's symbolic of what everyone must do. Everyone we come into contact with, we ourselves, we must see beyond the crowd. We have to rise above the people that are imperfectly judging uh, us, that are imperfectly judging one another, that are, that are all kinds of, of, of skeptics and self-righteous people. Notice these people said, Jesus is going to stay with the house of a sinner. You see their attitude. Uh, Zacchaeus could have said, oh, Jesus is, is liked by those people, therefore he's no good. But he didn't. He got above the crowd. He saw over the imperfect people, and he saw Jesus. And you see, that's what we all have to do. We have to see past all of these imperfect people, and we have to see Jesus. How many times have you heard of somebody falling away because of the church and the imperfect people who go there? We have to see beyond the imperfect people and see Jesus. We have to climb the sycamore tree to see Jesus for ourselves. And whenever we see Jesus for ourselves, we know that Jesus is amongst those imperfect people. And he is coming right up to us. And he's wanting to invite himself into our home. And we also are imperfect and broken people. We have to be like Zacchaeus, who has this desperation about him as well. Another lesson we learn in this. He's desperate and he's humble enough to climb a sycamore tree. We have to be desperate and humble enough to climb a sycamore tree, whatever that is in your life. We need to see that Jesus is more valuable than our own dignity. Jesus is more valuable than our own dignity. You know, coming to Jesus might be embarrassing for you. I know, I know, we don't ever say that. But whenever we're standing up to sing the invitation song, there's probably a few of you who are like me and like just about everybody else in here who sang that invitation song and refused to walk forward for fear of shame for fear of embarrassment, humiliation. You see, Zacchaeus was finally at that point where he was desperate. He was at that point where he was longing and searching for fulfillment and satisfaction, and he knew it was found in Jesus, and he finally just said, forget it. <laughs> forget it. I don't care anymore. I'm just going to go up there, and I'm going to see who Jesus is. We all have to do that. In fact, not just that first time, but every day we have to do that. We have to be willing to climb the sycamore tree. We have to not care about the two things I tell my children we don't want to care about. What other people might say or what other people might think. We have to not care about that. 
That's really hard to do, isn't it? I mean, it's really hard to not care about what other people might say, to not care about what other people might think. These are some of the most crippling things in our lives. And we have to overcome those things just like he did and see Jesus. And then we find the invitation and then we find the repentance and we find the joy in knowing him. So not just those who've never come before uh, the congregation, not just those who've never submitted their lives to Christ, admitted that they were wrong, they've done horrible things, and they need forgiveness, but each and every one of us every day need to be willing to be indignified. We need to be desperate enough to pursue Jesus that we're willing to be humiliated in order to do the things that we've been called to do. Jesus has no shame about him as he goes up to Zacchaeus and says, I'm staying at your house. Now, he could have felt ashamed of that, right? I mean, he's a tax collector. He's a sinful guy. Nobody likes him. Jesus could have felt humiliated to be associated with him and to enter his house, but he wasn't humiliated to go and to be with Zacchaeus. And you know what? He could be humiliated to come into your house and to be near you and me. But he's not. He's not. You know why? Because he doesn't care what people might say. He doesn't care what people might think. His focus is on finding those who are lost and who are sincere seekers and bringing them to the point of being saved. And so we have to embrace the same mission that Jesus has shown to us. No matter what that means for our relationships with other people, about our popularity or whatever it is, it doesn't matter. It can't matter to us. And finally, a third lesson we see is that society is going to be changed when we change. Now, Zacchaeus, we don't have a whole lot of additional information about Zacchaeus, but we could just imagine, right? The transformation of Zacchaeus has to have these ripple effects, That the chief tax collector is selling half of what he owns and giving it to the poor? I mean, come on. Like, that's going to wow people and make people realize anything can happen. I mean, if this guy can have such a transformation, anything is possible. He's willing to sell and to restore all of this. If he can find salvation, who can't? Who can't? All those wicked people that they've looked down on, Jesus is trying to teach them they can be changed. They can be transformed. They're looking for something. And I can give it to them, and they can be completely changed. And I imagine that's had a major impact on the world around them. So how about us? Has our transformation made an impact? Has it made a splash? Did it make a splash and embarrass us and humiliate us so we stopped changing and stopped doing those things that are different from everybody else? That's probably uh, true of most of us. Are we willing to go back and to transform and to be changed and to shine a light, which is what Zacchaeus was doing, that God has blessed us and that he's worthy of our transformation? He's worthy of us giving everything we have to him. And if you have something that's between you and God, what is it? What's preventing you from making this 
kind of transformation, becoming who God has called you to be. And if, if you're worried about other people, are you, are you going to climb the sycamore tree? What is the sycamore tree in your life, by the way? What is the thing that you know you need to do that is indignified? That other people would look at you and they would shame you or they would think negative thoughts about you, really. They might, they might not say a single word to you, but in your mind, you're convinced everybody's always looking at you. That's the way we are. And we're thinking, what might they think? And we just kind of get these thoughts. What is it that you know you should do that you're worried other people will think bad of you about? Will you do it? To see Jesus, to have relationship with him, to shine a light for him, to involve yourself in the mission, to connect yourself with him, will you do it? Will you be transformed? As Jesus comes to you and makes his invitation, today I'm coming to your house. Will you choose to be transformed? Maybe you need to do that right now. Maybe you need to Come as Jesus is inviting you, and you need to give your life to him. But we need to be thinking about that and making that decision as soon as possible to do the things that God has given us to do. From a big picture, kind of backing out a little bit further from the story, how important is this for us to think about how we treat outsiders? Uh, if Zacchaeus can be transformed, as we said, who can't be? You go out into the world, we go out into the world and we see all these people around us and they're so lost. They have no clue about God or the Bible and they have no clue about what's morally right or good. Uh, are we willing to invite them? Are we willing to include them? If they come to church services, if they come to a Bible study, are we willing to give them the time of day? Maybe there's somebody that everyone else shuns. Are we willing to pay them attention and speak to them? Are we willing to listen to them and learn their story and connect with them on a deeper level? Are we going to invite ourselves into their lives and so that we can have the greatest impact and help them? Are we going to even give them practical help? You see, Zacchaeus is giving away half of his money to the poor. Okay, Followers of Christ are not focused on their riches. Followers of Christ are not focused on their riches. Jesus says it over and over again. Remember the rich young ruler? He really tested him. He said, oh, uh, you like one thing. Go and sell all you have and follow me. Zacchaeus doesn't sell all he has, but he willingly gives up 50% of what he has to, to the poor. Why? Because followers of Jesus, their lives are not all about money. And they're willing to give it up. And so are we willing to provide practical help for people around us? to lift others up financially or in, in some other way of help that they need? Are we willing to devote ourselves to that? That's the, the sign of one who is repentant. And hopefully we're willing to pray for opportunities to find someone who's a sincere seeker like Zacchaeus. I want you to bow with me right now and pray with me right now for opportunities to enter into your life and for the strength to speak. Let's pray. Dear Lord, we thank you so much for this story. We thank you, Lord, for Zacchaeus and his willingness to, uh, to be desperate to see Jesus. 
We thank you for his willingness to uh, accept the, the grace that Jesus had offered him. And we thank you for his uh, repentant heart. We ask, dear Lord, that you will bring Jesus into our lives. You'll help us all to see him, to look over the uh, things that are hindering us, and to love him and to desire him so much that we're willing to be sacrificial, that we're willing to sacrifice our own pride, that we're willing to humble ourselves and submit to him. Lord, we also pray that you'll help us as we uh, go throughout the world around us. Help us to lead others to you. Help us to have our eyes open to the mission, to the people who are around us. And please, Lord, give us each an opportunity this week to reach out to someone who's a sincere seeker. Help us, Lord, to glorify your name. Help us to magnify you in our hearts and our minds. Help us to make you our greatest treasure. Help us to let go of the things that hold us back and to speak to them the words of life that you've given to us through your Son. Thank you so much for all you do. If there's anybody here this very morning who does not know you, we pray, Lord, that you will help them to see you, to see your grace, and to submit their lives to you. Please help us all to do your will. In Jesus' name, amen. Do you know Jesus? Do you trust him with your life? Is he the most important thing in your life? Be like Zacchaeus. Make him the most important thing. Make him your treasure. If you need anything at this time, this is your opportunity. You can come forward and you can receive the grace that he's offered you if you've not done it yet. If you've done this and, and you need help, we're here to pray for you and help you. If, if you are still struggling tonight with your resistance to all of this, let somebody know. You don't even have to do that in front of everybody. We will let everyone know. Uh, but you don't have to do it in front of everybody. It's not a requirement. The Ethiopian eunuch was baptized all by himself, and maybe with a carriage driver when Philip came to him. So it's not really necessary to have everybody come in front of you. So if you're letting that hold you back, don't let it hold you back. But give your life to Christ. Give your life to Christ tonight, today. Do God's will. Show him you love him. Let Jesus come in as he's invited himself this very day. Please come as we stand and as we sing.